Yes. Okay. And so um, I would like to, first of all, second of all, because I've already invited you to not be okay, to apologize to anybody who thought I had a car accident this weekend because I sent out a little message missive that said car crash sutra, which got some of your attention for sure, including my daughter who wrote, I have a separate account for Hudson River Sangha, all in caps. You gave me a heart attack. I thought you had another car accident. But this particular car accident, and I have had a few, happened in 2012 as I prepared to go to my daughter's college graduation. So it was a very heightened time, very, very fraught. And I was super busy. I had so many things to do or thought that I had to do. And I remember it was raining and I had this triumphant sense that I had mastered it all. Have you ever had that feeling that life is hard and it's complicated, but you've, you've handled it. You have it under control. And just then, driving through a green light, this old man in a minivan turned and plowed into my car and, and smashed. And I had an experience that many people experience during accidents and during major emergencies, which is that time seemed to slow down. And I think that is, I mean, I could attempt to explain it, but I won't. It's like the vision waking up because something is so acute. And I remember seeing my thoughts and they seemed slow and crude, like, like a squirrel across a screen. And the first thought was, why does this have to happen today? You know, as though there's some better day, some perfect day that I could schedule for a car accident. And, and the second thought is, why me? Why? And I once had this wonderful Russian friend who isn't alive anymore, but I remember taking a road trip with him, talking about language and different expressions. And, and he said, it was a long trip, so he said, what do you think is the common expression in every language? And I guessed happy birthday, which was unimaginative, but possible. And he said, I think it's the phrase, why me? Why me? Why me? Why now would be the subtext. Why this? Um, so I'm having these thoughts, but, but more interestingly, I began to see into my body 
it was like a scan. And I could see that every single cell of my body, every cell did not want this to be happening. It was like bracing itself against the experience. I don't mean bracing, not bracing against an accident, but I didn't want to take it in. So in it came anyway. And, and and it's raining. My car is crashed. And the old man that hit me, he hit me, starts yelling at me, yelling at me to call the police. It was all wrong. Everything that was happening was wrong. It was so unpleasant, beyond unpleasant. And then this volunteer fireman gets into my car with me, just out of the blue. He stopped his car, and I live in a small town where we have volunteer fire department. And he gets into the car like an angel and just sits with me. And I explained that this should not have happened. This shouldn't happen. This is terrible. And I love my car. I just bought it. And he was he said, these things happen. And it felt so profound in that moment. Like an angel. Things just happen. And then he said, it just happened to me a few months ago. Someone was texting and they plowed into me. And that was even better because I had company. So, so I was crying, but I still felt a little bit of softening, a little bit of softening. And then I remember in a small town, like this, when you have an accident, it's not just the police that come, the volunteer fire department comes in a big fire truck and like an ambulance comes and, and they're very excited because they have something to do. And then all this kindness appeared. And I remember they took me out to the ambulance because they have to see if you have a concussion. And, and they looked at my driver's license and noticed the date of my birth and said, wow, you don't look that old. <laughs> you know, there was this, this wonderful attempt at kindness. You know, I can't believe you were born in that year. And, and it continued, and the tow truck came, and things just began to happen. And, and I began to remember that, that even as things, unexpected things happen all the time, unwanted things, accidents, and sickness, and broken bones, and the relentless creeping of age, and layoffs, and relationships broken, and all manner of things. There's also this unexpected kindness that appears. And, and in the midst of an accident, one thing you learn is allowing. You have to let it happen. You have to let it happen. 
There is nothing you can do to turn it back. And have you ever had the thought, I had this thought sitting there in the rain, if I only had done this instead of that, if I had only done this on a different day, if I only, 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 controlling, 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 we're incessantly trying to control reality. And still, heartbreaking things happen. Devastating losses. So, one thing that I can tell you is here is the secret to spiritual life. Now she gets to it after this big story. Now she gets to it. Here is the secret. The secret is to be with the reality that we always try to avoid. To just be with it. When we're constantly trying to think, we're constantly trying to manage, we're constantly trying to plan and schedule and control. And the invitation in every great path is to open to receive what's being presented with an attitude of kindness and interest. And the poet Rumi put it this way, don't turn away, don't turn away. Keep your gaze on the bandaged place because this is where the light gets in. Or Leonard Cohen would say, there's a crack in everything and this is where the light gets in. And what does that mean? It means that it's in times of distress and upheaval and accident and loss and betrayal and abandonment and illness and disappointment and bad neighbors and leaks and distress that we notice that we're not just what happens to us, we're also the light that sees. We're also a light that can receive with kindness and interest everything that happens. And I got a wonderful birthday present from a friend this year, which was the prison diary of Daniel Berrigan, a wonderful gift. And today I gazed at a line at the very beginning, in the early part, where he is noticing this suffering, this tremendous suffering around him in this dark place and decides that one thing he can bring is the message that God is love. 
love. Seeing with kindness is love. And he's in a situation at that point where he's in silence. So how do you bring that message in silence? It's by being with yourself first, with your experience, with an attitude of kindness and interest, allowing it to be present, not banishing it. Beginning there, we discover that spiritual life is not a ladder to be climbed to some state of perfected, you know, traciness or kentness, a perfected being. Instead, it's emerging into a greater wholeness. Emerging into knowing that you, in reality, are not just what happened to you. You're not just what you accomplished. As Berrigan said, this was just a tiny chapter in his life, but he saw and felt that for so many people, their whole lives are dark. You're not just what happens to you. You're also a light that accompanies you a force of love that is the ability to see with kindness, to allow just for a moment. So let's sit together and take a, take a comfortable seat and notice how it feels to invite yourself to be really comfortable being here at ease. Be at ease. And let your eyes close and, and just sense what's here and also sense that you're with people who have this kindness too. You might not know them, you might not think they're like you, but they have also this capacity to be kind for a moment, to be soft. And just notice how it feels to be in, in this body today, at this time. And notice that your attention can begin to soften tensions. Just by letting things be.
tendency that you can just let the attention sink, sink through the body. Accepting everything you find. Notice that you will think and that this is perfectly natural. As natural as breath. And just let the thoughts be there and let the attention come to sensation. including the sensation of thinking. We can feel if our thoughts are tense or repetitive and heavy or panicky and insistent, just feel them as sensations in the body. yourself rest in stillness, in a seeing that's curious and kind. And completely allowing. Notice that when you bring attention to what's happening, you don't feel alone, but accompanied. Nothing to do, no striving. Just letting be.
Notice how it feels to be completely accepted, completely. Everything that's happening is completely accepted, seen with kindness and curiosity. As you soften, presence appears. As you let be, When you get lost in thinking, 
come back to the body and to presence. Resting in presence. No matter what comes up, notice that it can be touched with the lightest, most caring touch. 
with allowing. As you let things be, you open to an awareness that is open, that's kind.
noticing how it feels to be completely accepted. Loved. Thank you. Thank you for your presence, for your practice. And if you have questions about the practice or observations about the practice, we'd love to hear them. And so it's, it's worth saying that this acceptance that we speak of, that I've been speaking of, isn't submission, it's not surrender, it's not giving up or just consigning yourself to, to something. It's, it's agreeing to see, agreeing to see what's happening instead of denying it, refusing it. It's agreeing with reality instead of insisting on your own version. And trusting that you can meet it, that there is more than you know, just like kindness appears spontaneously. There's more to you than you know, than your thinking knows. 
knows than your panic knows. And there's a beautiful line in the story of the Buddha's awakening where he confronts the demon Mara. It's his dark night. And he's confronted with terrifying visions. And we, most of us, if you listen to me, have heard me repeat the part where he touches the earth or on your own. I'm not the first person to say it. Much of the great heart in the Buddhist world shares that image. He touches the earth, affirming his right to be alive, his welcome here. And he also says later, Mara, the devil's name is Mara, you don't know the size of my army because he'd been confronted with images of terrifying armies. And the Buddha man, his army was truth and compassion and the Sangha that accompaniment of presence. We don't know our true size often until the chips are really down. And there's that bandaged place, that wound, that crack, and the light pours in. And we see that we see and that we're met by a compassion and kindness we didn't expect. When you said that the uh, man who got into your car after you had the accident said to you, these things happen. The way that you characterized it was you said that seemed profound to me. And um, I think that uh, it's not, it, it was profound. It's not so much what one says is the, the moment of the response. Um, yeah you know, uh, and, it, and it puts me in mind of uh, an, a story that a friend of mine told me, one of my closest friends, he had a friend who had a daughter with a very, very rare form of cancer. And he was very close to this daughter. And she actually, she, she died at the age of 14. And he went to visit her in the hospital and, and sat at, with her after she had passed away. And he told me that he just sat there and he said to himself, this happens. You know, yeah. it, it seems inadmissible that this yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I just, uh, 
you know, seeing this happens, there's also, you know, a, a moment in the film Magnolia when all the frogs start raining down from the sky and everybody's wondering, oh my God, what's going on? And then the boy who studies everything and who has the answer to everything just says, this happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it's a beautiful reminder. And it's also just uh, like when he got in the car, it was like having this company. Mm. And um, frankly, I was, I felt a little bit of a twinge for scaring some people, but um, today, but one of the, I got some meta from people and one of my friends, one of our friends from this community who wrote, oh, dear Tracy, I'm holding you in my heart after the car accident is someone who lost her son last year. And, and understood something about the power of company and mutually acknowledging we're, you know, we're all sharing the situation that things just plain happen. Has anybody here not experienced that? That everything that they have planned has unfolded exactly the way they planned. I'm not seeing any hands. And that somehow that just being with is profound. It is profound. And in fact, um, Daniel Berrigan, as I learned from this wonderful president, um, is uh, learned when he went to prison, one of the first things he intended, for those of you who don't know him, he was a priest and an activist um, and voluntarily basically went to prison to protest. Anyway, he said, I'm gonna do half as much, 50% less not striving for these intense peak experiences that result in poetry or these blinding insights. Instead, I'll do less. I'll just soften. He didn't say soften. I'm paraphrasing. Do less. Yeah, hi. Just let yourself be here without expectation and striving. We're looking at an example of without a head full of things that you have to be doing to present yourself just so. But instead, to just plain be just as you are. And see, it gets, it's a beautiful Dharma lesson. It gets like a natural response. We have that capacity moment by moment. 
to be here. And just for a moment, not some long punishing stretch, just for a moment, trust that you're welcome here. You're really wanted and needed here. Not in the sense of having a pressure to accomplish something that you have in mind, but for something else that barely has words to it or would be a simple phrase like, these things happen. The next time someone suffers, or no words, just company, just presence. Just by being willing, just for a moment, being willing to open, to receive what's here, we become useful. We become open to another kind of force. Open to the world. Inside and outside. So um, I was wondering, I think, I don't know if it was in your talk before the meditation or the meditation, but you spoke about curiosity. And I think of curiosity as very heady, like, um, you know, my mind thinks or analyzes or wonders. And I wondered what you, how you would talk, speak about it. Like, you, you also just talked about being open. So I think curiosity has something to do with openness. But I wondered... Yeah. You could talk a little bit more about like that next step or yeah, yeah it's an attitude and like a kind of attention like um i remember once reading about jane goodall when she first went to africa and um she didn't have a phd she was untrained and um, so she was looked down upon. So the pressure was off in a way. She was a woman, she didn't have a PhD. She was just an outsider. And she decided to just watch 
the chimps with no expectations, none, none. And so she wasn't going to be busily assigning categories and facts and thinking about the paper she would write. She would just go back day after day after day with a completely open field of seeing and just see what arose. So curiosity, she was looking with great interest. You can picture her in the tree or the bush, wherever she was, so interested, but without rushing to conclude. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So it's an attitude. And, and again, it's like a soften is the key. So many things we want to solidify and make into a thing or something permanent. And so many things are actually attitudes. And notice how, how our posture is inside today. And we can notice, we can do the same thing with motivations. What are, what's going on in me? And just, again, no fixing, no striving, but just seeing. Is there grasping? Is there aversion? Is there a heavy kind of delusion present? Like, I want to escape. And is that there? And just see that. Oh, here I go to the refrigerator to see the same old stuff. And just see that. Just see it. Don't see it and then fix it or scold yourself. But, oh, this is interesting, this behavior. Like you're a chimp. And you've never come across this. How interesting. So we're practicing a capacity to see in the spacious way and allow for surprise that things might not turn out like we predict, which is typically that we're doomed. Right, thank you. Yeah. I uh, once had a terrible accident um, and my experience of it was very different from, from yours. Um, I was driving home from work and I was distracted and the truck in front of me didn't have its lights on. And basically I spiraled many times down route nine and I was absolutely sure I was going to die. And I remember thinking, well, isn't this interesting? Um, this is the way people die. They're driving home from work, they get distracted, and that's what happens. And <laughs> what's so fascinating to me is that while I was able to have that experience of great interest in that moment <laughs> without trying to control it. I almost never had 
Well, I, uh, almost never ever do I have that kind of ah fascination. Uh, it takes that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, it's an interesting puzzle. Um, yeah. But it's nice to know that I'm capable of it. But uh, it would be nice if I did it like more than once every you know fifty years or so. I think that's a crucial thing. And I mean, our time is almost up. I've also had an experience of, oh, isn't this interesting? This is exactly how people die. But that's another tale for another day. But I know what you're talking about and what's interesting. And it, this is a perfect note to end on is, in a way, we practice so it doesn't take so much so to spark that kind of interest and I had a friend I still have a friend who thought she was dying of leukemia and she said and she was in the hospital and all of a sudden when she thought it was the end it wasn't the end she when she thought it was, she said, it was so curious, Tracy, I lost all interest in myself and became fascinated with life. Just full of this love and interest in life. And the way the sun fell across her bed, how interesting, how amazing. And the sound of the nurse's shoes on the floor filled her with gratitude and love and the project of being her was no more interesting and then resolved that I want to remember that and so my wish as we come to close is that you Eric and me and all of us open into that kind of interest, that kind of curiosity, that kind of capacity that we already have. We just don't know it without it taking, spiraling down a hill or a disease or walking down a dark street alone. Yeah. And it can happen. These things also happen. Awakening to love. So let's dedicate our practice. Take our hands, if we wish, in our heart space. Joining all beings everywhere, without exception, and all those who have sought to awaken by every path. And in a heartfelt way, we wish ourselves to be safe and well in body and mind and truly happy and at ease in our lives and whole and free. And we let that wish shine out beyond us through our pores to all beings, all beings. May they be safe and well and at ease 
and whole and free. Take good care of yourselves. Take it easy. And I look forward to seeing you again on Wednesday or the next Sunday. Bye-bye.